come to make known to you this morning our adoration and love towards you this day. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus Christ's name this morning for the things that you've already done, the things you are doing even right now in our midst, and the things that you promised to do. We thank you and praise you this morning as we enter your gates with thanksgiving. We enter your courts with praise this morning. We thank you this morning that we are the sheep of your pastor, Lord God. You are our good shepherd, and we don't have to want for any good or beneficial thing because you supply all our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you for every benefit this morning, Lord. You say, forget not all of my benefits because I loaded you down with them daily. So we thank you this morning, God, for the load that is upon us this morning. We thank you this morning that our minds stay on those things that come down from above, those things that are good and honest and true and lovely and pure, and those things, God, that be of a good report, those things that if it be any virtue, we'll keep our hearts and our minds stayed on these things that we might be kept. Lord God, in perfect peace this morning, because he whose mind is stayed on the Lord, you said in the book of Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 of the King James Bible, that you would keep them in perfect peace. So we thank you this morning. You are our Prince of Peace, and we worship you, and we honor you, and we acknowledge you this morning, that you are God, you are our Savior, God, and if you save us, we're saved. If you heal us, we are here. Therefore, you are still our place. We will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in our mouth. We'll bless you when we arrive. We'll bless you when we lay down. We'll bless you throughout the day, God. We'll bless you, Lord God, in the city, in the field, God. We'll bless you whithersoever we go, Lord God. We will lift our hands as a morning sacrifice, an evening sacrifice. Throughout the day, God, we will look toward heaven for which cometh our help. For our help comes from the Lord as we call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we lift you up in the earth. God, unsaved family members are being drawn. They're dragged out of drugs and out of other things, God, that are not of God, that have them bound, oh God. We break the hope, the stronghold. We pull them down this morning. In the name of Jesus, God, hallelujah, that have so many of our loved ones bound, so many friends bound. We pray for our enemies this morning. You save them that they will be a blessing unto us, God. As we lift up, Lord God, this morning, our families and families of the world this morning, we lift up all those who are in positions of authority who have ruled over us, God, because you said the government shall be upon your shoulder, and you said promotions come from God. There's no authority that be, God, that you did not ordain it or allow it. And therefore, the king's heart is in your hand, and you turn it whatsoever way you will this morning. Anyone that's in authority, God calls them to govern in such a way that your people may live a quiet and a peaceful life, oh God, in all holiness and godliness this morning, because you've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness that we might enjoy it. So this morning, God, we pray that you open the eyes of the blind, that they may behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation. We're praying this morning that every believer, Lord God, on the planet will be filled with your spirit, sealed, healed, oh Lord God, and walking and living in the victory by faith, Lord God. We come to you this morning believing that you are who you say you are and you're going to do everything, God, that the word of God said that you're going to do. Your precious promises, oh God, that you have given to us, Lord God, that we may learn them and know them and we may pray and put you in remembrance of your word because you watch over your word to hasten to perform it, God. We put you in remembrance this morning that you sent Jesus Christ, the incarnated word of God, come full of grace and truth dwelling among us. And even right now, we feel the sense of presence this morning, God. So we thank you and we praise you as we open up this perfect law of liberty and look therein. Our prayer today as we continue there, that we may have success and not just success, but good success 
we thank you that we found your word, as Jeremiah said in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 6 in the King James Bible. And we did eat your word, and your word has become to us a joy and a rejoicing. You sent your word to revive us and give us life, and at the entrance of that word, it given life. So, Lord, let the light of the gospel shine this morning before us, God, as we arise this morning and shine because the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us, God. And we this morning, oh God, gather together to learn, God, to grow, God, to mature in the things of God. Holy Ghost, have your way this morning. Order our steps in the word this morning. Order our thoughts. Let it come in agreement with the will of God. Let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in us. Let our cup run over this morning, God. Hallelujah. Let it flow out of the rivers of, of the wells of salvation within us, oh Lord God. That living water this morning. Cause your word, God, to be transformed from just Roma, uh, from this morning, from Logos to Rhema. This morning, let it be living, quickening, God, empower us because your word is so powerful, so quick, so powerful, and quicker than any two, sharper than any two edges sword. Cut the sun between the dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And God is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. So as we gather this morning in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, as you taught your disciples to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt towards and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. God, as we continue to build strive and aim to build a better life, God, for a better future, God, that is before us, God. We just welcome this morning all those who are gathered with us this morning. We pray, God, for those we've been praying for that's dealing with afflictions, infirmities, sickness, disease, virus, whatever the case might be, that with your stripes, we declare they're healed this morning. We thank you, God, your word go out to them today. Mama Gilead, come upon them today, God, and Father, that they will rise up and walk in divine health and healing. This is our prayer today, even Pastor Sharon, our Pastor Stephen, Pastor, Stephen, Pastor Eric, Lord God, Mother Helen, Lord God, our Ivan, Lord God, yes, Brother Harold, Lord God, Deaconess McNair, Minister Biggers, God, Mother Gustin, Mr. C.J. Davis, God, all those, even those on the line that are dealing with some sickness, oh God, in their body, we declare, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, with your stripes, they are healed, God, walking in divine health and healing today is our prayer and we hold fast to our confession of faith this morning. We believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know who we believe and why we believe, Lord God. So we thank you this morning. Help us now, God, to be transformed from a natural man to a spiritual man, that we might be able to discern your word, God, spiritually, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor now for it all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Again, just like to welcome you this morning, we're going to just for a few minutes, talk to you a little bit this morning uh, out of a, a, a scriptural text this morning over in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46 of the King James Bible, just for a few minutes. And we're going to talk on a little, if I may put a sub, a sign of subject to this, where in the Bible does it say uh, first we're natural and then we're spiritual? We need, to, we need to confirm everything that we say according to the word. <clears throat> And so we know that we're all born as natural human beings, came from the Father. He allowed that, that, that water to be broken, and we came forth. Amen. We might not like it, might not like the way I look, might not like the color that I came, might want to be some other color, you know. But nevertheless, there's no light that was born that God did not allow. Amen. If you go all the way back to the first created man and woman on this earth, 
amen, they were shaped and formed in the image and likeness of God. They were some naturally, amen, and they were natural. They were just clay shaped in the image and likeness of God, and they did not become a living soul until he blew that breath in them. And once we became living uh, men and women physically, it was it behooved us after that to be able to somewhere in our life that acceptable time came where we were either going to accept God or reject God. When you look back at many generations all the way to the beginning, been about 82 of them, amen, man has always struggled to understand his God who's a spirit, how to worship God in spirit and in truth because we try to worship God in our natural man, amen, without being born again. As Jesus was dealing with the woman at the well, amen, she came to draw water with her bucket, which was her her historical uh, heritage and way of living, Samaritan woman. She had an encounter with Jesus at that well, and this is all scripted in the book of John, the fourth chapter, around about verse 24. And Jesus came talking to her, man, about living water. She came there looking for natural water. Goes to show you how the natural man always thinks about satisfying all of his needs but there's a there's a physical limit he said you drink this water you're gonna come here and drink this water again but if you drink this water i'm about to give you you will never thirst again because i she was like she want to know how do i get this water if i may paraphrase and he said i am that water amen you know i'm that water he's that living water sent down from the father that he wants us to take a drink of that water and it brings life, not just physical life. You know, physical water will, will, will nourish us, quench that thirst. But he said, they who hunger and thirst for his righteousness means spiritual things. Then he said, they shall be filled. Amen. And he sent the spirit of God to fill us, to baptize us into the family of God. No other way to get into the family of God except the Holy Spirit emerge us in. Amen. Everybody's going to have that appointed time, which is a sign to them. It's different for everybody. God knows what that situation is going to be when he appears to you and some conviction come on you. You might be sitting in church as a, as a visitor. You might just be laying in your bed and the Holy Ghost shows up and all of a sudden you start to weep and cry. You don't know what's going on. Some of us may have been raised up in the church. So we went to church. We kept going to church kept taking our children to church and all of a sudden one day we realized that we were empty really sitting in church and couldn't relate couldn't discern didn't know what was going on and all of a sudden we began to weep and something happened and then when that invitation came you got up and made your way up to that altar and you wanted to be saved and all of us amen we only come as we're drawn and he said by loving kindness have i drawn thee and there's that point in time for every soul born on this earth where you're going to either have to reject him or accept him. It's going to happen. So many, There's only one way to come to the Father, and that's through Jesus. And if preachers and teachers would just preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? If you read in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, the King James Bible, there's no other way we can get salvation but through the preaching and teaching of the gospel. He said, hey, it is the gospel that is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe. But he said, how can they believe except they first hear? And how can they hear except there be a preacher that's doing what Paul told the church in Ephesus in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 42 of the King James Bible? Paul said, hey, look, preachers, we're supposed to be preaching the word of God to the people of God. 
amen, and testifying about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. What am I going to testify about him? That he is the judge of the living and the dead. Amen. And when we find ourselves in the presence of God, somebody right now is preaching and teaching this morning, is being judged this morning. <clears throat> because when God's word goes out, it ain't coming by board. It's reaching places right now. We pray that our unsaved family members be saved. Do you think God did not hear that prayer? He's not going to answer that prayer. Why? His will is he wants everybody to be saved, to repent and be saved, knowing that everybody's not going to. He knows already who's going to reject, who's going to accept. Nevertheless, he's not he the same yesterday, the day, but he don't change. That message, as long as he's delayed, his coming. That message is still going out. And as we looked up the name of Jesus this morning yeah. over our families, we're talking about unsaved family members. Being saved because we looked up the name of Jesus on them. And the Bible said when God hears that prayer, that he answers that prayer and he shows us great and mighty things that the Bible says, thou knowest not. It's in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3 of the King James Bible. So we pray not only our family members unsaved be saved, but yours too. That even right now the Holy Ghost convict them and they'll be saved. That they'll be willing to respond to the Spirit of God by repenting and asking God to forgive them of their sins. Bible even said he is married to the backslider. My God, he's a covenant-keeping God. He does not break covenant. He would rather fulfill his covenant in every generation than to be, to be, be called a liar because he's not a liar. The, the lies is of the devil, the father of them, but God is all about truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So what he's trying to do is break us from being conformed to the things of this world. Paul talked about this, the traditions of man that make the glorious gospel of no effect, philosophy, excellency of speech, enticing words. You know, Paul talked about that to the Corinthian church in the book of St. Corinthians over there in chapter 2. Uh, you know, when he said, hey, you know, I did not come to you with that stuff. You know, a lot of people do. There's a lot of programs going on right now. They're talking about this, this month being the Black History Month. Everybody just like that woman at the well. They know their history. That's good. Thank God for the history. Thank God for the legacy. Thank God, amen, that he broke brought us out of slavery. Thank God for the freedoms that we have. But there's another level of freedom. It's called spiritual freedom. Amen. Where we are spiritually free. If we're not spiritually free, it doesn't matter how physically free we are. Until we're spiritually free, we're not free. This is why Paul says, you know, when Jesus Christ saved us, we're saved. When he healed us, we're healed. Therefore, he's our praise. Amen. And so we know everybody's got that appointed time to either accept or reject. All of us. Don't care who you are, how much money you got. That doesn't matter anyway. That doesn't impress God. What impresses God is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. We got to first come to him and believe that he's who he say he is. He said, God, I'm God, and I so love the world that I gave my only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so if we don't believe, we're already condemned. <clears throat> but if we believe, we have eternal life. It's just that simple. God don't make it hard. Then if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Creation, old things are passed away, and all behold, all things become new. Now we got to be converted and changed and transformed by the renewing of our minds through the word of God, that we as natural men and women can now live and discern the things of God because we have the spirit of God. He comes in, first of all, he baptizes us into the family of God. We got to be totally merged into the family of God. I can't be church on Sunday and then back out there in the world on Monday. No, I got to be all in. 
And when that happens, he seals us, he seals us, he heals us, and he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we can walk in the newness of life. We can identify with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So we've been baptized into the family of God by the Spirit of God. We call it being engrafted in, adopted in. The only way we can get in is Gentiles. Got to be saved. Amen. Israel first, I mean, the Hebrews first rejected him. But he didn't say he's done. He told them, don't stop there. You go preach it now to the Gentiles. Offer them an invitation to come to the wedding feast, you know. And and so here we are this morning. We accepted the invitation. And so in the book of um, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46, as we move forward, we're talking about where do we find this in the Bible, how we go from being natural born men and women to being spiritually born men and women, you know. Uh, it says here, it is sown a natural body. So I'm reading it verse, starting at verse 46. It is sown a natural body. Talking about us now, any human being. You're first born natural, okay? Then he says, it is raised a spiritual body, okay? When the Lord comes into our life, <clears throat> think about this. Let me put it this way. When Ezekiel was prophesying in the 37th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is a prophet called to God at the time, and he's walking in the newness of his life, and he's looking at the valley. That valley was a picture of the world. That's symbolic of the world. I love how God always used natural things. We say this when he speaks in parables. He's actually talking about you see earthly things, but they have a spiritual meaning because God is a spirit, and every time he relates to man or he breathes something in man, he reveals something to man, He's giving you the spiritual implication of it, okay? We're dealing with the natural part of it. Why? Because we live in a natural world. But we have to be able to discern these things spiritually, especially when they come from God, you know? That's letting that mind of Christ Jesus be also in us. That's that spiritual perspective. A lot of people look at the Word, and they try to use their, their, their college intellect to discern the Word. But you can't do it because it's foolishness to man to try to do that. All we can do at best in our natural abilities, and we see it literally and we see it figuratively. But I have to have my mind renewed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let that mind in Christ Jesus be in us so we can we can discern these things. We can see things from God's perspective. In other words, what was the context? What were God trying to communicate to us? When he told Ezekiel, who's sitting there looking at all these people, he was looking at them spiritually, knowing that they were spiritually dry bones. They were spiritually dead. There was no life there, even though they were living. He was looking at a picture of the world in his day at the time. And that's how we have to look at it today, that there's so many lost souls out there that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. They're dry spiritually, okay? But they can live. He said, he said can these bones live? Can these people out there that are spiritually dead, can they live? That's why sometimes you see more people at a funeral than you do, man, at a church service where they're supposed to be worshiping God. They sit there in church, man, they think they got it made. They're just as dead spirits as they can be. Why? There's no preaching and teaching of the gospel. They're teaching and preaching the tradition of men, jumping, shouting all over the place, knocking folks down, throwing coats at people, telling people to run around the church, all that stuff, man, without, you know, first lifting up the name of Jesus. Nobody gets drawn to him. You got to lift up the name of Jesus so that people can be drawn. Lift them up in love so that people that love can draw them to God. And so he says, yeah, it's so natural in the earth. He says, but it's raised up spiritual bodies. 
And so that's that transition that has to take place. You go from just being naturally in church to being spiritually in church, being bought alive, because that's what the word of God do. Jesus even said in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 63, the King James Bible, he said, the words that I speak, your spirit in their life. When he talked to Ezekiel, the words he was speaking, they were life-giving words. And Ezekiel, he asked him, do you believe these bones can live? Then he said, well, prophesy to him, preach to him, you know, begin to speak the word that I'm giving you to them, that I'm inspiring you, and watch them come alive. And he did exactly that. If you go read that text in the 37th chapter, and you will see he transitioned from being a natural man looking at them dry bones to being a spiritual man using his voice to say what does say the Lord. And that Bible said, oh, it describes how those bones began to come together. And they began to live. And so they were raised up now from being spiritually dead to being a living, a living organism, alive in the things of God. And it goes on to say, there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, there it is, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Amen. When God made him in his image and likeness, didn't, 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 didn't become a living soul, that God blew that breath of life in it. And the last man, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Come out Jesus now, all right? Jesus, amen. You know, he was made a, a quickening spirit. Remember when John baptized him after everything physical, those 30 years was, was fulfilled? Because he was actually being tempted just like we were supposed to be. He was that example. He was that a role model. And he was without sin. But it wasn't until John was out there, that voice crying in the wood, make way for him to come. And he said, he's going to come and take away all your sins. He's going to come and baptize you not only in the physical, but he's going to baptize you spiritually with fire, with power from on high. But he couldn't do it until after he himself was baptized. And John was like, well, I, 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 I want to be baptized by you. Jesus, I know I got to fulfill everything I came to do because man man couldn't do it. Natural man couldn't do it. Couldn't fulfill the will of God. Couldn't keep the law. Needed help. And God sent us the, the, the living word of God to come and show us that it could be done if we depend on God to help us. And once Jesus had fulfilled that last act of the law, being baptized, then the Bible said heaven opened, the window opened. And a dove-like figure, the whole means of being symbolic of the Holy Ghost came upon him. Now everything had been fulfilled. And the Bible said immediately, you know, when the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I will please. Jesus was raised up now, okay, full of, full of the Holy Ghost and power and led by the Spirit. That quickening spirit, he was led by that quickening spirit, went through the wilderness, and the first encounter he had with Satan, man, he said, hey, Satan, get thee behind me. He wouldn't have dared say that if he didn't have the spirit and the power of God. If he wasn't led by that quickening spirit, he was quickened on the spot. In fasting, at eight nothing, he was quickened. Just like that, the Holy Ghost quickened him of what to say to Satan. Satan, he said, hey, get thee behind me. It's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, <clears throat> but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 4, the King James Bible. So we see right there now. I love this because Jesus was actually a physical man at that time. He was the son of man. Now he's become the son of God, filled with the spirit. God said, this is my beloved son now because he fulfilled and proved everything. So he's raised up now when he come up out that water and he began to be led by the spirit of God. That's how we're supposed to be. Uh, in the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 40, 
problem. One of the things that we have to do on this earth in the physical is we got to be able to identify with the with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he is the only one that went in that grave and just completely died but rose again on the third day. And immediately he went to the right hand of the Father as, as right now as a high priest and a for making an atonement for providing for us right now. But he sent us a helper, a comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. If you go read in the book of John, chapter 14, 15, all the way to chapter 21, you will see John talking about the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. You know, the Holy Ghost, the Paracletos, the one that comes alongside of us, that lives on the inside of us. And he yeah. said, great is he that is in us and he that's in the world. Book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the King James Bible. So we have the greater one on the inside. But do we yield to him and let him lead God and direct us? Probably not, not everybody, but there are people who don't even have an idea how to be spiritual, how to discern spirit. That's why this is so important, okay? Some still stay in the first man that they were born physically in church, you know, and they'll say something about the Holy Ghost. You know, they talk about him as a it, the Holy Ghost it. No, he's the third person of the Godhead body. You know, he is God with us, you know. He is the promise of the Father, even the spirit of truth. He's the only nobody really to teach enough to save the Holy Ghost, but they have to receive him, you know. You have to know who he is, got to learn about him. You can't have no fruit of the Spirit in us without the Holy Ghost. You know, we can't have no gift and operate in no gift effectively without the Holy Ghost. And so that's just how it is. Some people are trying to manufacture some stuff and make up some stuff, but it doesn't work that way. He said he's a quickening spirit. How be it that was that, he said that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterwards, that which is spiritual. He's, he's telling you that the plight of man, born physically, then transformed into a spiritual being. Now that which is spiritual can be, because the words we speak after that, their spirit in their life, that like Jesus said, the work I do, you're going to do. You're going to speak spiritual things. The word of God is spiritually discerned. This is why we got to get it in our mouth, get it in our heart, hide it, that we don't sin against God. You know, so that when we open up our mouth out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks, because we got the Holy Ghost in there bearing witness. He said, the first man is, the, is of the earth, earthly, and the second man, come out Jesus Christ, is the Lord from heaven, came down from heaven. As it is earthly, such are they also that are earthly. Just like he was born, he was born of, of, of the Virgin Mary, conceived of the Holy Ghost, amen. We got, we're going to, same thing should happen to us, but he didn't stay that way. He was baptized. Uh, by the Holy Ghost and change and led in the will. He says, and as is the he heavenly, so, such are they also that are heavenly. So we have to be born again from above. This is what he told Nicodemus, you know. And as we have have been born, have born in the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Okay? And so that's that rebirth. That's that new birth. That's that getting born again. Just like he told Nicodemus in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 15, 16, he's having that conversation, I'm sorry, verses 3 through 5. You must be born again. You must be born again, born of the water and of the spirit. He says, hey, if, if you're not, you, you can't even see what I'm talking about. You can't comprehend it. I'm just spiritually discerned. So we're going to end right there. Hopefully you got something out of this little bit of we shared with you this morning. Uh, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. 
and afterwards the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, and the second man, Adam, is of heaven. You know, Jesus proved that he came down, amen. As was the earthly man, so are those that are of the earth, and as of the heavenly man, so are those also uh, of heaven this morning. We are registered in heaven. Our names is written out in our book of life because we are born again. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for the word this morning that's teaching and instructing us. That's it's first natural, then spiritual. We have to be born again in order to walk and live uh, the spiritual life that you've called us to be, God. So renew our minds even this morning, Lord God, to have a good, clear understanding as we go forth as natural men and women living in this natural world. That, God, we walk in the things of the Spirit this morning, discerning as we go, God, things of the Spirit versus things of the natural world, God. We be in this world, but we're not of this world, God. We've been born again, filled with your Spirit, sealed, healed, and now we have the victory. Help us not to go fight for some victory that we already have, but God, hallelujah, help us to fight from the position of victory because we've been called out of darkness, transferred into the light, God, and we sit in heavenly places, God, with Christ Jesus, with you this morning, Lord God. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Therefore, we rejoice this morning because we're known on high. And so, Father, we thank and praise you for the empowerment and the equipping of your people this morning, God, that they'll go forth, Lord God, amen, and walk in the spirit of discernment this morning, God, in the name of Jesus, knowing, God, that we're born again and we're walking in the newness of life. We're being led and guided and directed by the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us, God. And so, Father, help us this morning. Help us this morning. No longer the aim is to please the flesh. But God, only follow hard after the Spirit of God as he leads us, guides us, and directs us into all righteousness for your name's sake. This is our prayer today. Now order our steps in the word, bring our minds in agreement with the thoughts of God, and let the mind of Christ be also in us. Spirit of truth, we thank you for coming alongside of us this morning and helping us as we journey through this day. We give you praise going on for it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. 